0: Everybody, this is a fuck what episode is it 68 68 hey everybody this is it you should leave all that in by the way hey everybody for, for for one version i will this is episode 68 welcome back to squat cobbler i'm mike at official pagan on everything and joining me as always hi everybody this is kelly at k-e-l-l-y-t-h-u-l on twitter and instagram And we're back. It's a music review, but it's not a prisoner exchange. If you guys remember a little while ago, one of the prisoner exchanges that I had given to Kelly was an album from Burzum. They're a little bit of a, a problematic artist to talk about. So we thought, you know, let's just delve into this and talk about one of the most controversial acts at all right now in any genre of music. Were you surprised when I brought this to you, Kelly? Did you have any reservations going into this thing? Before I even say the band name, I want people to just kind of imagine where we're going to go with this. Were were you surprised? Were you shocked? Did you have any apprehension about discussing this project?
1: You're working with post-Birdsum Kelly here, so I'm
0: pretty immune to shock. I would hope so at this point, but just a quick Google search, you will find dozens of threads on different sites talking major music site has delved into this topic. We can't hold it off any longer. I'm sure you guys have already figured it out. Obviously, we're talking about Deep Watch. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So in the off chance that you guys haven't heard of Deep Watch, it's because according to some people, they're not a real band. There has been a controversy that has been brewing for a while. Popular music streaming service Spotify has, according to some people, posted fake bands on their, their highly sought-after, highly coveted positions on their curated playlists. So for anyone who doesn't know, Spotify is one of the most popular streaming services. Due in part, um, this is nothing against the quality of the streaming service, but due in part to the fact that they're the only one of the major services that offers a free tier. So if you wanted to listen to Apple Music, for example, while there's a free trial, after that it's entirely a paid subscription service. Spotify does all Offer a free listening tier that is ad-supported. And I believe there's a limited number of songs you can play under the free tier. Are you a Spotify user, Kelly? Only on the kind of cheap
1: free user side of the equation. So I, I use Spotify some, but just just the free side of it. Which, which is
0: many people. Um, I subscribe to Apple Music. I, I've also used Spotify a little bit. But one of the most popular aspects of any of the streaming services... And something that labels and artists specifically strive to try and be a part of is the playlists. A lot of times people, let's just say you're into a specific genre of music. So for Kelly, obviously we're talking about hardcore 90s West Coast gangster rap. Kelly would go and look at the West Coast gangster rap playlists. There's probably a lot of his favorite songs on there. And maybe a few things that he could discover through listening to these playlists. So for obviously the these playlists exist for multiple genres and because these playlists are promoted by the streaming services anything that winds up on a playlist it's a great opportunity for an artist it it could push an artist from thousands of streams to millions of streams of their songs if you guys don't know streaming doesn't pay extremely well so you need to get as many people listening to your music as you possibly can since the vast majority of people don't outright purchase music anymore, but stream it. So some people started to notice that on some of the more popular playlists on Spotify, alongside the established acts you'd expect to see on there were some names they hadn't really heard of, which again, great for those artists. Maybe it's just Spotify digging deep and really doing their job curating and pulling in some lesser known artists, introducing their listeners to some stuff they might not be familiar with, which again, is in part what these playlists are supposed to do but some people notice some names deep watch being one of the more controversial ones that's popped up some people have noticed deep watch in particular has done extremely well on curated spotify playlists tens of millions of plays because another thing that spotify does do is they do post some streaming information next to artists i believe you can see like on top tracks on playlists and things like that you can see how many plays they've gotten through playlists you can also see some vague criteria like uh, a, a general average of how many streams that artist gets a week or a month or something along those lines. So, Deep Watch, ostensibly an ambient music project. And as we all know, ambient music, hugely commercially successful. <laughs> Just turn on the radio, get swept up in all that ambient music. Deep Watch, being a part of these playlists, was getting tens of millions of streams of their songs making them without question one of the most popular ambient artists and in a, making their two song EP that they released a huge commercial success for an unlikely commercial success for the genre. And that's not a, a critique of the quality. We're going to talk about that in a minute, just to give you guys a, a little bit of background here. So what people did some digging and deep watch along with a few other projects that they noticed didn't seem to have any sort of online footprint outside of Spotify, which has led some people to critique this as a fake band or something that Spotify has made up. So what seems to have happened is that Spotify has approached different music producers to commission music for them, for their playlists. Something as popular as Deep Watch initially was only available on Spotify, so they made these exclusive deals with these producers. It's unclear whether or not they, they offered them a flat rate up front, as if this was purely a commission thing, or they just got a, a better rate on royalties or something along those lines. But commissioned music to be created for Spotify playlists that they then heavily, heavily promote it because of their special deals with these producers and have turned Deep Watch and a few of these other ones into essentially extremely successful commercial projects when they're not, air quotes, real artists, but rather music that's created by production teams. A lot of people are very mad about this. A lot of artists are mad about this. I understand to a degree the artist side of it. Like I said, streaming music doesn't pay particularly well. My band has had millions and millions of streams. I don't live in a mansion. I don't have millions of dollars laying around anywhere. Streaming doesn't pay particularly well. So I can see where an artist, particularly if you're an independent artist, or even if you have major label distribution like my band does, but you're not like a pop star, you know, you're you're not raking in millions of dollars. So to see a slot like that that could go to someone else, or to your own project, go to something that was a commissioned track that is getting all of that extra promotional help, I can see where that makes people mad. What's interesting to me about it is a lot of fans online seem mad about it, like they were duped into listening to this air quotes fake band. My perspective on that is a little bit different, though, because commissioned music and music that was put together by producers or production teams is something that has always existed. As somebody who really, really got into music in the 90s, that was the, the era of heavy, heavy prominence of boy bands and pop singers and things like that, and bands in general that were actually just entirely pieced together by producers. And their music was typically played by studio musicians, and all they were more or less was the face of the projects and that was something that was completely accepted in the 1990s and this is something that goes back even further than that where producers would create, you know, band names and put together projects for specific things whether they were commissioned to do it or whatever the situation might be. What are your thoughts on this this kind of practice, Kelly? Well, I don't have the passionate anger
1: that some folks seem to have about it cuz you know, if you take a serious look back Sometimes it works out pretty well. Uh, The Sex Pistols are a pretty good example that was really producer-centric form. They kind of got the people that had the look they wanted from a a punk standpoint, and uh, it evolved into something pretty cool. But my list is running out after the Sex Pistols, but there's one at
0: least (laughs) that
1: worked out pretty well. That's that's an excellent example. Yeah, it's it's a mix because it's just probably the thing that bothers me about it. I don't have a problem with the fact that they're commissioning work, the kind of lack of transparency and almost deceptiveness about this is a going entity versus really attributing it to who created it. I think that would have been a little more honest for them to do something brought to you by Spotify or whatever. But just there, there it seems to be some kind of inherent deception in terms of trying to establish these, this as an, as an entity that's not that I can understand gets people frustrated.
0: Yeah, I, I can kind of see a little bit where that's coming from. But, you know, you mentioned the Sex Pistols, which is a great example. Producer piece together or projects like that have existed for a long time, and they exist in forms that people wouldn't necessarily expect, whether it be the Sex Pistols or are, are you familiar with the the holiday production of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra? I am. So uh, are you familiar with who the Trans-Siberian Orchestra is? I am not. So the Trans-Siberian Orchestra is a side project of the metal band Savatage. Many years ago, Savatage made a Christmas album called Dead Winter Dead. That is the name of the album. As you can imagine, not a lot of people thought Christmas music should have dead in the title twice. Fair call. I think, I think it's fair call. <laughs> so what they decided to do was repackage the exact same album with a new title and change the name of it. And changed the band name to Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And Dead Winter Dead became a platinum album. And that song, Christmas Eve Sarajevo, which is the literal exact song from the Sabotage album, nothing changed. There was, in the repackaging of the album, they did move a few things around, add and take off tracks, but the singles were the exact same songs, like a year later or whatever it was, and became a huge hit, is, is now a Christmas classic that you can hear all the time on the radio earlier and earlier every year but that's a different complaint then people will go out and see the trans siberian orchestra play live air quotes and i'm not shitting on this band because we actually know those guys so this is not a negative thing it's just to you i'm just using this as people's perceptions of what a band is so when you go and see the trans siberian orchestra live you are not seeing the band trans siberian orchestra if you're not aware They have touring companies that tour both coasts at the same time. So if you go and look at their touring schedule, you'll notice they have dates on the East Coast and West Coast on the same days. They are not flying back and forth on some sort of magic plane and all that good stuff. What you're seeing is hired musicians who go out on these touring companies to play their music live and it's a good show. I've I've actually seen good. it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've I've seen their show as well. I'm a f- I'm a fan of Sabotage and the stuff that they do. And again, we've actually worked with those guys. Uh, the leader of Sabotage has produced stuff that I've been involved with and and you know, he does all the trans orchestra stuff obviously and I'm a big fan of theirs. This isn't a knock to them in any way, but They continued that formula, and future Trans-Siberian Orchestra albums, while they also had original songs, are largely made up of repackaged Sabotage songs. And most people aren't aware of that. These types of products exist all around you in ways that some people aren't even familiar with or aware that they're happening. So the problem with it, and I think Kelly really got to the core of it, is that some people feel like duped by Spotify in a sense that they were completely unaware of this and because of the level i think part of the problem is the level to which spotify over promoted some of it deep watch being the example that nearly every article brings up and the reason there there are other artists other air quotes artists that fall under this the the thing with deep watch is of course ambient music while i love it and love participating in ambient music is not a commercial genre so their over-promotion, their they're overzealous promotion of the what was an exclusive title to them, because now Deep Watch is available everywhere because of its huge commercial success and then, of course, the publicity off of the controversy. What was an exclusive of theirs got tens of millions of plays of each of the two songs on the Soul EP the project has released. That is unusual <laughs> for an ambient music project of any stature, let alone the only thing that exists from a particular project. So I thought it'd be cool if Kelly and I took a minute and talked about these two songs, did a quick little review. Of course, I say quick, so we're already like 15 minutes into this thing before we talked about a single track on there. That's consistent. Yeah. <laughs> so so I thought we, we would do a review of this thing. So we are going to discuss Deep Watch, their their soul, currently soul EP, Endless Fragments of Time. What What, did, what was your initial reaction to this thing, sir?
1: So I kind of set aside all the side chatter about it and just kind of, as a piece of music, uh, tried to listen to it and kind of come to a point of view on it without anything else coloring it. I think it's a pretty good track, heavily featuring piano and organ. Uh, There's some really kind of deep washes that kind of occur about in the middle of it that I thought were a particularly kind of nice touch and the only thing to me a little bit is it almost like it ran out of gas towards the end and where there was this kind of very nice creative flow going through it in those deep washes then we get towards just the very very tail end of it and it just felt to a degree like they were marking time to, to, to lengthen the song out to three minutes and 37 seconds, which um, the next song is three minutes and 36 seconds long. So that was
0: another flag for me that he's running almost the <laughs> exact same times. But it's almost like Spotify was like, we need to flesh out this playlist. It would be great if we had a song that was X amount of time
1: long. I just filled it up. And I just kind of felt like I said, Oh, we got about 20 seconds more. And so it just, it, the tail the very tail end of it didn't, match what I thought was actually a very nice song up to that point. But I mean, I thought overall I, I of the two songs, this, this was my favorite. And I just, like I said, just the end, I felt it started to feel a little bit forced, but I did like a lot of the the activity in the
0: middle. My initial reaction to it was I, I expected it to be complete garbage just because of when I, when I first started reading about it and the initial reactions to it and people's anger over it, I was like, okay, this is going to be terrible. And this is why it stood out. And it, it's not terrible. It's just, Obviously, the reason that it stood out, though, is it's not the greatest piece of ambient music. And when you look at and that that's not to say it isn't good. It's just when you look at something that if I came to you, and was like, hey, there's an ambient track that is doing huge pop star numbers right now. You would expect this to be something that is going to blow you away when you listen to it. And while I really enjoyed it, particularly the first track, much more so than the second, it it wasn't that. And it was a clear example of the, the crafty promotion of the Spotify people that that has made this such a strong commercial success. Uh, before we get too deep into that, though, do you want to talk about the cover?
1: So, sure. I didn't see the cover.
0: <laughs> so. Oh,
1: <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> a woman, it looks like a stock photo that's, that's been Photoshopped a little bit with some odd lighting decisions, but it, it basically looks like a woman in a flowing gown walking through the woods, holding a lantern.
1: Okay. So I I did see that then (laughs) because that I consumed this on YouTube, which we'll talk about a little bit more on the next track. So I did, that was actually the, the image on there. So, so I can talk about the album cover. Yeah. It was a, a yawner to me.
0: Yeah. There, there's really nothing interesting going on there. Like I said, it looks like it's likely a stock photo. And again, if this is something that was just commissioned, It may not even be the producers who put that cover on there. Spotify may have generated the cover themselves. Either way, though, it's simple stock image, uh, some basic text with the title and the, the air quotes band name next to it. So nothing that really stands out. Getting a little bit deeper into the first song, the title track, though. What I really enjoyed about the title track, and especially right in the beginning, I was like, this is going to be a lot better than I anticipated. I was like, maybe this is really good. There is some interesting tones sort of layered in those those washing over sounds that Kelly was talking about. It actually reminded me, just to just to bring it back full circle, it reminded me a little bit of Burzum. On the Burzum review that we did, the first song on there, Dunkle, Height, or as it's actually called, Burzum has these these interesting tones or notes, uh, synth notes that that kind of lay underneath the the washed out droning guitars, but cut through that and create sort of a melodic through line. There's a very similar thing that's done on this track, and I thought that was interesting because whether this was commissioned or not, this is obviously you know musicians who put this together and. I have to wonder if they were in any way influenced by Burzum or that track in particular, because that would be pretty interesting. Because Spotify, you know, part of what we talked about on the Burzum review, Spotify in particular, has gone out of their way to sort of suppress artists that they feel are a little bit problematic, which is fine. It's their business. It's their site. They're, they're welcome to do whatever they want. The argument, though, that is being made by some people against that is they're suppressing the artists essentially that they don't like. Not every artist that has a, a problematic history, just the ones that they're not as into. So, it's sort of them picking and choosing. So, it'd be interesting if the producers ever do come out and really publicly talk about this. And some of the people involved with these fake bands have acknowledged it and and said that, you know, they don't see it as fake bands. It's music they were commissioned to do for Spotify and that, you know, this kind of stuff happens all the time and people are making too big a deal about it. But, like Kelly said, I, I think ultimately what we're talking about here is Spotify chose to package this as if these were bands that people are listening to so i, I think that's where the confusion or the feeling of mistrust is, is creeping in here but for the first track like kelly said you know it does lose steam a little bit towards the end but i kind of feel like okay this is pretty good this would belong on a playlist somewhere it's a solid ambient track one check in their column in my opinion
1: i'd, I'd co-check
0: on that and that brings us to the second of the two second track on this two song EP, which again, initially only available on Spotify, but because of the huge commercial success, all of the controversy around it, it is now available on all streaming sites. The second track is called Moments. To me, Moments sounds like they took a similar motif to the first track and were trying to expand off of it. There's a lot more going on, but th- to me. It's not necessarily for the better. It makes it sound a little bit repetitive. It doesn't quite go anywhere new. And that's kind of my problem with it. With only being two tracks, you need it to come, in my opinion, with something that has a completely different feel. You can't give me something that almost feels like it's built off that motif when you're only giving me two songs. Now, if there were multiple songs and this album like evolves in different directions, that would be great but because there's only two songs and I have to compare them against each other moments falls really short for me.
1: Yeah. So we track, we track uh, really close on that. This is, I guess, you know, there's nothing wrong with an ambient track being dense. Usually while it's not always a hundred percent predictable, there's, there's a path or a series of evolutions that occur through a really, at least in my opinion, what a good ambient track is that it kind of, you go on a journey with it. There's, twists and turns and motifs that repeat but there's there's just kind of an evolution and things go forward and really none of that is present this this kind of kicks in and just doesn't distinguish itself really in any any way doesn't you you talk about really kind of doesn't go anywhere this doesn't seem to really go anywhere for almost the entire thing there hints at the very end that something interesting might be starting to happen but that faded away (laughs) and so uh, i did i didn't particularly enjoy this one i think it's you know i think it's hard to kind of say oh my god that's I from an ambient perspective say i totally hate that ambient track i guess it's possible but this is definitely one that did nothing to excite me or interest me from there it was just uninteresting
0: yeah i completely agree with you it's dense it doesn't really go anywhere it certainly doesn't hold up to the first track i think part of the problem though is that we only get two songs here If this were a little bit longer, even if it were a four or five song EP, not even necessarily a full-length album, and we could hear more of an evolution over the course of an album, I think Moments would actually hold up better as a piece of a whole, but when you only get two tracks and you really are putting 50% of the weight on it, it can't hold it. I'd agree. Wrapping things up, sort of question for you. So, okay. This was a commissioned project. This is something producers put together. Do you think... They should turn something like Deep Watch into an ongoing concern, though. Would you listen to it if there was more of this? Because personally, you know, I, I think there's some good stuff on here. Obviously, they're talented. They know what they're doing. If it was me, and of course, it's available everywhere now, not just Spotify, whether that's because of the controversy and Spotify trying to put a little distance there, maybe the exclusive rights are up, whatever the circumstances might be. They have all of this controversy. They have all of this publicity. Why not capitalize on that and do something else? Do you think they should make more Deep Watch?
1: I think they should, with full transparency on who's who's the creators, who who Deep Watch is, who's who's behind it. And in terms of, I mean, sample size here is small. We got two songs. We got one that we both kind of like, and we got one that we're both not particularly excited about having them increase the sample size See because it's obviously with the first one they've demonstrated that there's there's some ability here to do some interesting things so I'd, I'd be open to it I just think you know the the cat's out of the bag a little bit on kind of where this is coming from so I think they need to just own that and I do think the time is right if they can bring it they've got the attention so this would, to me there's no better time to say okay so this is this is what we got what do you think of that yeah, I definitely
0: think timing is going to be a big part of it. I, I think if they wait a year or two and then put out like a full length Deep Watch album, I don't know that people are going to be as interested because good or bad right now, people are interested in it. It's it's something that's been an ongoing concern for uh, probably over a year now. I've been seeing articles and then the more recent ones, they, they've talked to the producers, including some of the producers behind Deep Watch. So, you know, people know who they are now. They kind of have an understanding of the situation. To me, it's time to jump on. Now is the time to jump on something like this and put out a longer project and really see what you can do with it now that you have all of that attention. If you were going to start a fake band, what would your fake band name be?
1: Well, what I was going to pitch from a marketing point of view on this one uh, for the next Deep Watch is they should do Millie Deep the Nilly Watch, would be my recommendation for them to form a super group. Uh, But if I were to form a fake band, I. I think I would go with um, rhymes with bunt. See, I can't even top that.
0: Uh, 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 (laughs) Ah! All right, I'm going to stop the broadcast.